0: Swearing thin, long road of love gone wrong between you and me and him. So you can take old hickory. I never did believe those lies are now the. i telling stories about what you. Do. Remember me Every time that lone star shines you can call me crazy And you can say I'm reckless Oh, you can go to hell I'm going to Texas I'm gonna say it one more time So I know you won't forget this You can go to hell Yeah, I'm going to Texas
1: Well, that's a perfect segue to your next song. You can go to hell. I'm going to Texas.
2: Yeah, exactly. Vanessa can tell you where this all came from. So
3: my dad and I in Texas, we wanted to get a commemorative Texas tattoo and had been trying to figure out what to get for a really long time. And it still hasn't happened, but found this quote by Davy Crockett. So I was like, I don't want like the typical stamp of Texas or, you know, made in Texas brand or something like that. So I found this quote by Davy Crockett that said, you may all go to hell, I'm going to Texas. And I was like, perfect, that's the one. And I told Elizabeth and we were like, man, is this a song? Because if it's not a song, then we need to write it as a song. So fortunately, our friend Ted Russell Camp also thought it would be an excellent concept and title for a song. So we wrote it together and he's actually releasing it, I believe, next month. I'm adding some vocals to his version tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. It's, it is your
1: most played song on Spotify. So I don't know if you knew that. The algorithms have picked that one as the audience's favorite.
2: That probably is an audience favorite. You know, we've been playing it for probably half the life of the band and finally recorded it and put it out as a single last year, but it is, it's a, it's a song that in particular we tour in Texas a lot. Vanessa's from Texas. We love playing out there. In fact, our last two shows right before the pandemic shutdown were with the steel drivers in Houston and Dallas, and they were just really fun, incredible shows, great audiences. So yeah, that that probably is our sort of our fan favorite is that song. It's, sure. Total joy to get to play with those guys. They have The Steel Drivers have such a great audience who are open to new music. They're so supportive of us. We've done maybe eight, 10 shows with them over the last three or four years. Hopefully we'll be doing more when live shows return, hopefully in in the next six months. We can't wait. So
1: you can go to hell. I'm going to Texas. This is about Davy Crockett, another historical figure.
2: It is. It's a famous quote by David Crockett. Crockett was a representative from the state of Tennessee and he lost his third reelection bid to Congress, and a lot of that is because of what we were just talking about, his argument with Jackson about whether or not to remove the Indians from their native lands and send them west. He was really hurt that the people of Tennessee did not vote him back in for a third term. And in his concession speech, he famously said, "You can you may all go to hell, I'm going to Texas." And uh, little did he know, he was headed out to his death at the Alamo. But uh, there were a lot of people across Tennessee and Kentucky in the South that also went to Texas. There are numerous cabins that have GTT carved in them that says gone to Texas. It's kind of a thing to do there for a little bit. But yeah, we wrote it really from Crockett's perspective. And it's got a really kind of sing-along, fun chorus. We usually get the audience singing along by the second chorus. And, you know, I think we also think it applies to our lives too. You know, we both love Texas a lot.
1: Vanessa, you were born in Sugarland, if I am correct, and that's deep in the heart of Texas, is it not? Is that what a suburb of?
3: Yeah, I was born in Houston. So there are many different little pockets of Houston. Sugarland's one of those families from there. So I go visit whenever I can.
1: I didn't realize that Houston's the third largest city in America, which is pretty stunning. I didn't realize how vast it was.
3: Yeah, it's huge. It's got great people. Houston's got an amazing, amazing group of people. Everybody who I've ever met from Houston is always like nice and friendly. And I just can't understand how because it's so damn hot there. I'd be grumpy.
1: <laughs> Have you ever told anybody you can go to hell? I'm going to Texas.
3: Uh, no, not not exactly. I haven't had to. So <laughs>
1: It's not your nature to do that?
3: No, not totally. I'm pretty nice in general until somebody pisses me off too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... You guys have this really unique songwriting chemistry. Have you ever written a song where you said, this is perfect for this voice? And if so, what song have you written and what voice would you like to record that song?
2: Well, that's a layered question for us because we have, as a songwriting pair, we write obviously anything Gramble Automatic does, but we also write for other artists. And that's been a goal as professional songwriters. We've had you know, major country artists and artists in different genres record our songs. So I think as professional writers, you think of a lot, you know, we've both probably written a thousand songs each over the last three to four years. And you're always thinking about, is this a song that Willie Nelson would sing? Is this a song Garth Brooks would sing? Is this a song, you know, Linda Ronstadt could have sung? So I think that's a tough question for us because we were always looking on the commercial side for here's a song we really want Kenny Chesney to cut, or we really want, So I have never, on an artistic, creative side, I've never sat down and written a song and thought, oh, I really want this person to sing it. But, I mean, if we're talking about Granville Automatic songs, for me, on our first album, there's a song called Blood and Gold, and I personally would love for Willie Nelson to record that song. I just think it's a song about the history of the horse and the American West and the Mustangs. To me, it's a perfect song for Willie. But I'm curious for your thoughts on Doug's question. Um, I mean... uh... And I,
3: again, I kind of am with Elizabeth. I don't really think when I'm writing something, oh, man, you know, I'd love for so and so to cut it. Typically, I'm, I'm either writing a song to cut uh, for one of my projects, or, you know, I just happen to write a song that I think, oh, you know what, maybe maybe this would fit this person if it's not right for my band. But Elizabeth and I operate on a couple of different levels in terms of songwriting. I think there's always a very clear cut destination in terms of are we writing for ourselves or are we writing for other people? And when we're writing for other people, we're typically co writing with another artist and we're writing for them. Or, you know, we know for certain, oh, Kenny Chesney's looking right now or Brad Paisley's looking or you know, Lady is looking, why don't we shoot for something, you know, that they would cut today? So, yeah, I mean, I think because there are so many different layers to what we do, that thought process does sort of come into play on occasion, but only intentionally so.
1: When did you start writing songs and why did you start writing songs?
2: I started writing songs, gosh, when I was probably 16. And I started, like many songwriters, writing bad poetry, probably as an early teenager. And I think I just got fascinated. It was about the time I really just started getting fascinated with other musicians and certain artists and songwriters. And I just, rather than wanting to go see them and be in the front row, I wanted to write songs like they did. I wanted to write songs that moved people. So I started writing songs and they were just terrible. They were really bad. And then (laughs) I got into a punk rock band and wrote rock songs for a long, long time. But yeah, for me, I was uh, it was late teen years when I first when I first wrote a song.
3: I started writing when I was probably like five years old, just in my room. Wow. I would always just like make up my own songs. My mom said I would just like walk around the house making up my own songs all the time. And then I guess when I was maybe like 10 ish, 11 ish. I started, do you remember back in the day when there were tapes, cassette tapes, and it was a single version of a a cassette tape that an artist would release. And basically one side would be the actual single. And a lot of times for the other side, particularly in like R&B and pop, they would have an instrumental version of that song. So I started putting in my tape on the instrumental side of whatever song I was listening to And would make up my own songs to that track. So I was top lining basically without knowing it um, at the age of like 10. And then I guess when I was maybe 14 or 15 is when I got together with a guitar player for the first time and learned like, oh, this is a thing. Like I can actually do this for real. So I would say like seriously started writing probably more when I was like 14 or 15.
1: Do you remember where you were the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio?
3: Oh wow. You know, I I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to think cuz probably my first song ever on the radio was in uh in Canada. I had like a top 10 single in Canada.
1: But that was after American Idol.
3: Yeah, that was that was post Idol. Um uh, before that, I didn't really have any radio success or anything. So yeah, Canada was probably the first time I ever heard myself on the radio and It was cool. I mean, you know, it it works very differently, radio in Canada, than it does here. And I wish it worked more like it does in Canada here, honestly. What are the differences? It's not necessarily easier to get your songs played, but DJs have a little bit more control in terms of, I mean, I, I know this is the way it used to work, in terms of what they're allowed to play. So when I did a radio tour for my single, we actually went and knocked on doors and went into different studios across Canada and ask them to play our song and like would sit down and hang out with them for a minute and they could decide whether or not they wanted to put it in rotation or not. So it's just feels a little bit more grassroots and a little bit more the way that it should feel, I think, in Canada in terms of radio and radio promotion.
1: Well, I have to thank you both. This has been a real treat and a thrill and an honor to have Elizabeth Elkins and Vanessa Oliveras on our show from Granville Automatic, and we can't wait for COVID to be over so we can see you live performing your new record, Tiny Televisions. Is there anything you would like to add for our audience?
2: No, oh, mean Doug, thank you for having us. Like you said earlier, we do have the book out. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on our website, just granvilleautomatic.com, and you can buy all the CDs and the book from us directly. We'll sign them for you, and you can order them on our website.
1: So I'd like to thank uh, my recording engineer in the recording booth, DJ Wyatt Schmidt. You can listen to his music out there. Yeah. Thank you, Wyatt. We really appreciate what you do for us and our social media director, MC Owens, for helping promote these great songwriters on our.
4: information, connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screens